0: Let's make this year your best real estate investing year ever by coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is where you can join hundreds of real estate investors and over 40 expert investor speakers and learn how to have an amazing success in your real estate investing business. The Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is not like any other conference out there. This is a no sales pitch conference where the entire three days event is all about you and helping you to meet expert investors, teaching you how to invest and join a huge community of hundreds of like-minded real estate investors and because you are a part of the Successfully Unemployed podcast, I'm giving you 20% off your RUBCON pass. That's right. Get 20% off of your RUBCON pass. Use the promo code SU20 or SU20. You need to be at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. Join us in the heart of downtown St. Louis, March 14th through the 16th for a transformative three-day event that's more than just a conference. It's a community of investors. Get your pass. Go to RUBCON.com. R-E-W-B-C and use the promo code SU20 or SU20 to get 20% off of your Rubecon pass. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that job, that just overbroke job, by any means possible. And today, I'm bringing on an expert who has multiple. When I say multiple, I mean like a lot of streams of income. Money just keeps coming to him because he keeps creating more streams of income, and you can too. All right, here we go. Hey, what's going on? Super pumped to have you here with me on the show. Now, I love multiple streams of income. When I started my online businesses and conferences, my obviously my real estate investing, you guys know I do that. Like those are streams of income, and I love having multiple streams of income. Like even just for a successful unemployed show, if I put an affiliate link, like let's say a guest recommends a book and then I put that book, that link to it on Amazon, well, they click on that link, it Gets, gives me or Amazon gives me credit as referring this new customer or this customer over to them to purchase this book. And then Amazon says, hey, thank you so much for sending over this customer. And then they give me a cut of it. Same thing with all these other courses. Like let's say I bring on a an expert who has a course in, let's say how to do Facebook ads, which we have had. We've had lots of courses come through or experts with courses and they give me a cut or basically an affiliate. Commission. Now it doesn't cost any more for you. They just take it out of their pocket and give it to me. It's basically an advertising fee. Same thing if you do, if you write a book, you have passive income because it sells for you. You write a song, it keeps making you money over and over again. You buy one rental property, it makes you money over and over and over again. If you put ads in your podcast, all these different ways are for you to create multiple streams of income. Now I will say I love multiple streams of income, but what I do is all those multiple streams of income flow into my river of income, which is my real estate investing. Everything goes back to my real estate investing because that's what I'm going to actually give to my kids in generational wealth. I'm literally going to give these properties to my kids, give these businesses to my kids, and give them the knowledge of how to do all this stuff. Now, in today's show... I'm super pumped to bring on an expert who has multiple ways that he makes money online. These multiple streams of income literally changes his life so that he could travel the world, he could do whatever he want. All right, so I am super pumped to bring on an expert who is going to show us how we can actually create multiple streams of income with online businesses. I have Stephen Worley on the show. Here we go. Thank you so much, Stephen, for being on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me here. We just uh, recorded an episode of my podcast. You are amazing. I cannot wait to share that with my listeners. I mean, you just gave like just crammed a masterclass in real estate investing in like 38 minutes.
0: Man, I know I talk fast. I better, <laughs> I better slow down a little bit. But uh, man, so I'm excited to have you on the show because you're an entrepreneur. How do you make money to afford yourself to have a, you would call it a nomadic lifestyle, traveling yeah. all over the place, do whatever you want. But how do you do that without having a job?
1: Yeah. So I have not had a job in 20 years. I got yes. laid off election day 2000. Thank you, corporate America, biggest oh favor of my life. <laughs> and that day I was like, oh my gosh, wow. What am I going to do? Because like everybody, I think a lot of us, I was taught to work for somebody else. I was taught to be employed. But I have to say something didn't sit right. So my the first five years of my career, I was working in media. I worked for CBS Sunday Morning. I worked for CNBC. I worked for a dot com owned by CBS at the time. I was a you know a part of the carnage of the dot com bust of two thousand. And something just didn't feel right, you know. I, and like I wouldn't say I was like you. I wouldn't say I was a natural entrepreneurial, but I, I entrepreneur. But I definitely had tendencies. But that space. of of getting laid offs really started planting some seeds in my head. I'm like, what am I doing here? And like we were talking on my show, the first book I read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that really started making me think. So today, I'm sure we can get into all those stories. Like today, I consider myself a solopreneur business coach. I teach other people how they can work for themselves without debt um, around something that knowledge they already have with people they already know. There's so many opportunities of how you can take your conventional job and just convert it into a freelance gig or a consulting gig. And then it goes on from there because then you start making money, you start investing in real estate like you do, one thing leads to another.
0: I love it. And man, I I have so many questions that are coming through my brain of how to do this. Now, I wanna talk a little bit about your idea of taking that job or like what you're currently doing and making money. But before we get in there, I want to ask you, because that's definitely the bulk of the show. I mean, it just sounds like so amazing to be able to do that. But before we jump into that, my first question is, so you said you were working for corporate America. You got laid off and you've been for 20 years not working job, which is phenomenal, but you're also- Like I always do it you call yourself a cool nomadic thing lifestyle. <laughs> love it. But you also have, a, it's, it's now cool to be like a nomadic lifestyle, like building your life around you instead of your job. Talk to us a little about that.
1: Yeah, I so I've been doing that. I've had little fits and starts of doing that, but I sold my condo in Boston uh, last year a year ago and I put all my possessions into storage and I said I'm hitting the road for a year. And it's funny because like there's a lot of van people who like drive around like how are you like going everywhere and I'm like my feet, mass transportation and airplanes. <laughs> yes. And and just I love I mean part of me is i'm a minimalist i love living out of a bag i love just knowing exactly what i need and and really having that level of focus and uh i it's not going to be forever And, and i think it's a little different being a 40 something nomad um you know i'm not so concerned about the the cool instagram shots necessarily um it's been fun i get to live life with a lot of my friends and family like people who need help with their kids or Um, I have a lot of older folks in my life that I want to be helped. So it's been so cool to be able to like do that. Of course, I've done some exotic things. I've gone to Bali and Australia, Amazon, stuff like that. But uh, I love having that mix. It's really radically focused to me on how do I want to spend my time? You know, because I really don't feel like worrying about, you know, all the stuff that we're supposed to do in modern American life.
0: Yeah. And those things that we're supposed to do, I remember there was a specific time when I was still working that job, that just overbrook job, where I would always answer, and other people I would hear them answer the same question in the same way, um, but the question was, "How are you doing?" And I would answer, "I'm just busy," like I'm just busy. And I hear other people say it. I'm like, I paused and said, after I I, I um, answered that one time, I thought, "Why am I busy? Like, do I have to be busy? Like, is this just ingrained in me?" I'm like, "No, it's not." Like, I love, I love being busy, but at the same time. I love hanging with my family. I love being relaxed. And so what I literally did is I cut out so many things that were good things, but just wasn't necessary. It wasn't fulfilling us as a family. And we slowed the way, way down. But then, as you know, not having that W-2, nine to five, just over broke job, that gives you so much more time. And I personally love traveling. And so thinking of what you're doing, I'm like, man, if I wasn't married, I'd be definitely doing that. You mean, you I,
1: love the, it. I have a friend of the family. Four kids. I think youngest is like seven, oldest is gonna be about fourteen. They have been with two dogs, like Labrador-sized dogs, <laughs> sailing the Caribbean for the last 18 months. What?
0: Oh my goodness. You it's gotta totally be to
1: them. <laughs> This is what I love about I, I I love curating all these different people who are like, I can't do that. I'm like, oh, I interviewed a person like that. You should go listen to them. <laughs> you gotta put okay,
0: we are gonna have to compare notes. I'm gonna have to talk to them because that sounds brilliant. Well, I like we one. were
1: talking today, like um on our my podcast, it's our brain loves familiarity, and people listening to us might right now be like me. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's living out of a bag, and he's been working for himself twenty years. That seems like I could never do that. Yeah, I was once like you. I never thought I could do that either. But through, ex- you know, educating yourself, meeting people, listening to folks like us, yeah, you know, like like send an email to the both of us. I'm sure we would answer it because we just are so passionate about helping anybody really like live their fullest version of themselves, and. You know, that's that's what I think it's all about. I I think I don't think until you're kicked out, you really realize like what what you're doing generally. Hey, granted, there's a lot of people are actually generally happy in their conventional work paths. But you know what? I always find, Dustin, you ever feel like your conventional work friends, what do they complain about? Even if they say they like their job, they always complain about something. But when you talk to your entrepreneur friends, I, I just don't hear a lot of complaints. We have challenges. We have problems. but. It's never this draining, blah blah blah, complaining about something. It's all about, you know what, Justin? I'm kind of stuck at this thing. What do you think? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You feel my vibe? Absolutely, I completely. I agree could because- never go back to convert- conventional work just because of that energy. Absolutely
0: not. And I worked at the government too, which was so much worse. I can't People imagine. were literally sleeping at their desks with their bosses looking right at them, not having, not being able to do anything. Oh, I just, I could not stand it. But I completely agree. And the difference is because. Us as entrepreneurs, we know everything rides and falls on our shoulders. And so we have challenges, yeah, but we are problem solvers. We figure out what the problem is and we drive through it because we figure those out, because it just depends on us. We're not like our paycheck doesn't just come in. So it's so much better be on your own, too, because once you actually get out of that mentality of working for money and Working an hour, getting paid for that hour, instead of getting passive income or helping people—that's the biggest thing I love about master passive income, successfully employed, and my even my rental properties. I get to help people. The more people I help, the better my life gets to be. And same, I understand completely with you.
1: You're doing the same thing. You're helping people. You've been doing it for twenty years. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the whole thing. I even what, why I was I'm drawn to somebody like you is, yeah, we're we're in business. We're entrepreneurs. Yes, money is important. Like it is like. Numbers don't lie. Like, you have to, is your business doing well or is it not? Right? Or how are you building <laughs> it? Like, that is like absolutely truth. Like, you you want to understand your cash flow. However, I think this idea of just mindlessly chasing after larger and larger dollar amounts and just reducing your entire life to that. I mean, I've met so many people who make so much more money than I do, but they are not even close to my happiness level. Because one of the principles I teach is. How much money do you really need to live your ideal lifestyle? I've actually designed a calculator, you can get it at lifeskillsnetmatter.com slash calculator for free, it's a, it's a spreadsheet, don't be intimidated, we have videos to help you out there. But really understand your number and maybe it is a million dollars a year, maybe it's a billion dollars, whatever. But a lot of the people that we work with, all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, I need to make $78,000 a year to like do all the stuff that I wanna do. But we never take the time to actually sit down and we can calculate this. So what do we do, we're all caught in this, comparison trap Well, everybody else is making six figures. I heard my friends are making 175. We're living bombs, in a so big
0: house or, yes, how that.
1: Yeah, why are you doing it? And if that's, if you, I would tell people like, I'm not a, I'm a minimalist, I love things simple, but I'm not gonna fault anybody for wanting like this super fancy car, super fancy. If that is your thing and it's really important to you, you should have that. I think what I wanna help people realize is to prioritize your spending. And when you prioritize your spending, you know what, it's really important where you want your money to go. Then when you start looking at your income, it gets so much more doable and achievable to focus on how much money I need. And, and I think the other calculation we often forget, Dustin, is we always hear in Silicon Valley, especially like it's the status involved working more and more and more. Like number one, you're human, you're not a robot, it's unsustainable, you'll eventually end up in a hospital. Your body will rebel against you. That's true. But I am proud to say in my last business, I was making like $600,000 a year, working like 20 hours a week. And I was running a content business, dealing with dealing with the clients, and that sort of thing. Not you have the sweet deal going on there; you have it all figured out. But still, <laughs> you know what I mean. I never thought I was felt like I was doing something wrong. I almost felt guilty for not working more. You know what I mean? Well, Do you, I, you ever feel I, that?
0: Um, not anymore. Not I anymore. Push, I don't either. Right. <laughs> when I first quit my job, I took an entire year off of doing anything. And I was just, you know, doing a podcast here or there, writing a blog article here and there. But, and I want to pause for a quick second and share that, honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. My new goal in my life, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. And I did that, accomplished that at 37. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate, get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income. Scale it up to quit your job I'll literally get to you, or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description. But I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. Really, just de- just like detoxing from all the junk from the past. But and then there was a time I was like, man, I should be doing more. But now I realize, man, the more I do is going to be beneficial to me because it's passive income. It's not like I work oh. one hour and get paid for that hour. The more I do, it pays benefits, Reese benefits further and further behind me. And if, I can even pass everything down to my kids. Even if I start a think about not a real estate, if I start an entire new blog about barbecuing, about Barbie dolls, whatever it might be. And I build that up, that makes money. I could literally pass that value down to my kids. So instead of working for somebody else, building them value, I'm building value for myself and my family.
1: And what? But people don't realize the least. Like at the end of the day, when it comes to work, you're you're really selling your time. And when you're an employee, it is the least valuable way to sell your time. And it's your 100%. time, nobody else's. Yep. Now, now, where in my last business and where I'm guiding our next business and what Dustin's already done is, we are making more money but working less, which sounds counterintuitive because that's not what you do as an employee. You have to work more in order to make more generally. And that's because of automation, right? Automation's a bad thing, right? But when you're a solopreneur, it's your friend. It helps you. It systematizes everything. So Systems, that way, yep. you know, it could, it takes care of so many different things. Like, especially like we're podcasters, like we use schedulers, right? You know, like we're not sending emails back and forth to set podcast interviews up. It's like all done. Here are the questions. Here's how to give your headshot. The whole thing. It's all automated. Done. The only heavy lifting we have to do is having an awesome conversation right now. I completely
0: agree. Okay. There's so much in there. Now I want to jump into how do you take what you're currently doing? Teach me. If I had just a regular nine to five, just over broke job and I was working for somebody else and I want to get out of that, how would I then be able to take that and switch it to where I can utilize that to be able to quit that just over broke job and be working for myself?
1: Yeah. I often call it like that. The As you know, entrepreneurship's a journey, there's all these steps that we get to take. So I think the first simplest step, as I always tell, there's kind of four things going on. There's four learning curves going on when you want to go work for yourself. Number one, got to manage yourself. Number two, you have to validate your idea. Three, you got to find customers and four, you got to set up the business. So to make this easier, I'm a huge advocate of taking an inventory of yourself of like, Already, you might have a type of job, you might be a software developer, you might be an accounting, a digital marketer. There's a lot of jobs that can be easily trans- transitioned into becoming a consultant, becoming a freelancer, just starting there. But you might not have that type of job, but you might be really great at organizing. You might be really great at dealing with people. So these are these different things. that I, I often say like the, the number one reason why I believe most businesses fail is because the founder, The person starting the business did not assess themselves. They never got to really learn about themselves. You need to assess yourself like you would any other resource in your business. And it's even more important because you are the biggest obstacle in your business. You're the common denominator of every decision you're going to make in that business of yours. So you cannot fire yourself. So your only choice is you got to learn about yourself, like take yourself out to lunch and interview yourself like like think like that. And if you wanna work for yourself, you got it. You are your number one client now. You gotta have time scheduled on your calendar. Where are you gonna meet? What are you gonna be working on? Because if you don't, I mean, so many times Dustin people say, I can't find the time. Let me tell you, I will hang out with you for a day. I will find all kinds of time that you could be redirecting if you think this is something that you really wanna do. So step one is just, what are you already doing? Kind of this term marketable skills. What is something you're already doing that you could do as a consultant or a freelance. Well, somebody is already paying you to do that. So
0: more than likely, sure. you can possibly find other people to do that and not have that job. But yes, okay, it, so keep
1: going. And and a lot of people start that business by turning their employer into their first client. Remember, you're the first client, but your second client, your first paying client, shall we say. You can actually turn it. A lot of times they're like, all right, sure. We love, Especially if you're really good at what you're doing. With, like, We don't want to lose you. We want to work with you however you want to work with, Stephen, you know what I mean? We're, we're cool with that. Um, because a lot of times, you know, I want to work from home, or I, I just want to work in a different way, or I want to explore other things. So that is step one, to don't overlook your current employer as your first client. I mean, a lot of times that kind of gives us a little peace of mind, I'm like, all right, a big a big chunk of my, my income is taken care of now. Now I need to go out and find my next client, my next one. And that way I get more comfortable with building as you like every time you get a, a new property, that is a template that you're selling over and over again to so earn more and more. So that way as kind of a consulting freelance method, you're you're selling your skills over and over to different clients. And over time, what you're going to do, you're going to hire other people to execute on the service part of it. And you're just going out and getting the business. And then the next tier of all of that is is turning it into a course like I have done, like Dustin has done Uh, And that's really the trajectory. And there's so many other business models that you can go with. But really, the starting point there is to give you, that's the one thing Dustin, I realized is like, how do I help people get more comfortable, more confident about doing this? And our brain, again, loves familiarity. So if you're already doing something that you're familiar with, and then also choosing to do it with people that that you have a relationship or you're familiar with an industry. So I knew a lot about digital marketing. And I came out of broadcasting. So that's why I started a sales training business focused on teaching broadcasters how to sell more digital advertising. Because I had somebody other, I had to learn how to manage myself. I had to learn how to set up the business. But at least I wasn't reinventing the wheel and I was learning a completely different skill or a completely different industry. That is possible, but it will take longer. It'll
0: take yeah, much longer. But you already have that set skill set. Now you did mention four different things. Can you walk us through each one of those sure. and express those out? Because those you said, I mean, they're really brilliant stuff. We need to really boil those down.
1: Yeah, because I think people, the way we teach people about starting a business is always the mechanics. It's like the checklist. Here's how you legally organize. Here's their payment system. Here's what you have to do for marketing. You need a website. Here's how you find a customer. But really what I've learned, a lot of it is about mindset and again, really understanding what is it you want, how, like really the role of being able to work for yourself is like, how do you want to work? It's not just about, it's not just about as making as much money as possible, but it's how do you want to work? And, and that's something I don't want to, to overlook, but we also miss that. Again, we t- think kind of business setup is like, all right, when somebody tells me that, then I know how to do it. But remember, you've been trained to be an employee for most of your life. Running a business, completely different mindset. You look at your energy differently, your attention differently, your time, your money, people, yourself, so differently when you're working. So you have to remember, you're going through an identity shift here. You're going through a transition. So that's why it's so important to do that assessment. So step one is learning how to manage yourself. And Dustin, I often often tell people, I would say, tell people, can you ask your boss can you like work from home one day a week just to start learning how to like organize your work day and getting familiar with that and i, and I was joking with you before and i'm like thank you coronavirus for giving us a national experiment <laughs> in remote work you just made my job True. so much easier right so and i get i gosh i've had a flood of interest in business just because people are like oh my god how do i manage myself we didn't have to think about it before so many of those work decisions are just done for you when you get plugged into a job so step, so it's really understanding yourself, taking your time of like, like I love working outside, or or I would say the foundation of your work day is your peak performance period. So, Dustin, when is the four-hour period every day when you feel like you have your sharpest mental focus, best it physical was, energy?
0: Yeah, for me, it's about an hour after I wake up, you know, drink a cup of coffee. Actually, it's funny, I drink decaf because regular caffeine actually <laughs> screws me up. I like the taste, but it's very for short. Yeah. So an hour after work up or wake up. And then probably about four hours from there, that's usually my peak time. But once it's like, you know, right after lunch, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Plus, I don't have to work. So it's helpful. But yes, morning time.
1: Yeah, I'm virtual high five there too. I'm like 7 to 11 in the morning. I like to try to get my most important work done before lunch. Then the rest of the day is gravy. You know what I mean? I could do something outside take a nap if I need it, a little meditation, read. I like to do more of my social stuff, like doing podcast interviews and meetings in the afternoon, because that's a different energy for me. So okay. that's kind of the foundation of your day. So think about it, if you were a night owl, if you're somebody who's like, I always get, I'm just most energized between seven at night and 11 at night. Think about it, the nine to five, five lifestyle has been gamed against you your entire career, right? This is ridiculous that we're all stuffed into this. One size fits all way of working, it's ridiculous. So we've talked about self-management. Second thing is validating your idea. Like, what is this thing that out in the world, people are like, I want that. And I'm willing to pay you money for it. And also, are you good at it? Do you have competency in doing it and. Are you energized, at least moderately energized about doing it because other people want to feel your passion a little bit? You know what I mean? Especially if you're gonna be a freelancer or a consultant. They don't want you to be, you know, just kind of like just trying to just get through the the work. They want to know, like, you're excited about working with them. So that's something that that's where kind of validating that idea. Otherwise, to validate an idea, you're gonna to have to do a lot of different experiments. So that's why I, I already say is like if you're already doing something that is perceived as valuable, your company is basically selling your skills at a very high rate and I'm paying you the least amount possible. That's really what's (laughs) happening. I know you don't wanna hear it, but that's (laughs) happening. Because when you become a freelancer or a consultant, all of a sudden you start seeing like, wow, my hourly rate is way more than what my hourly rate was when I was working for myself. Granted, you have to pay for administrative overhead. You're also gonna be paying for your time to go find clients. You're You're paying yourself to learn new skills or improve your skills, but you're going to get paid more. So we've talked about managing yourself. We've talked about idea validation. Now we're going to talk about Hold finding on. clients. So,
0: but before we jump into that one for the idea validation, as I heard you, I, I grabbed everything you said, but there was one thing that stuck in my brain. If we're going to validate mm. an idea, how do we like, what's a very tangible thing that we should do to make sure we validate an idea? I'll give you an example. Sure. A lot of people like in the online space, when we're teaching people, doing courses and stuff. They say, do not build it first. You go out and try to sell it first, pre-sell it, and then build it after people, you know, people want to buy it. That's something that's a little tangible. Is something like that, or what are your, what's your idea about how do we make sure that we validated the idea?
1: Very simple, Go the people that you think you want to help or you think want to buy what it is that you do, go talk to them, listen to them, ask them what's their frustrations, how have they been working on whatever it is that you do? Is there anything that they would wanna change? I often believe as a former sales trainer, I don't sell. I just have conversations. I am, I'm i always thinking like a consultant. So I'm always asking people, what's, what's frustrating you right now? They talk about that. Well, what are you doing about it? We know, Do you want to keep feeling frustrated like this? What have you done in the past to try to get out of this? Um, How much is this worth to you? How much would you pay? I actually ask them that. And a lot of times people are so afraid to ask that question. Like people will tell you, they will flat out tell you like, this is what it's worth to me. And another thing is that frustration. If you're working with a client and they're frustrated on something and they say, yeah, I'm wasting like three hours a week on this. Then ask them like, well, what's your hourly rate? Like how much are you paid or how much is this worth to you? And if they're, you know, if it's like they're getting paid $100 an hour, that's $300 a week, $1,200 a month, that they're wasting on being frustrated by this problem. And then you're like, well, it costs $500 to work with me and I'll have this fixed for you. They're like, done. That's the way you also want to start talking to your client. You always want to see how do they perceive the value of your service? A big mistake Dustin people make is we tie up our self-worth in terms of selling our product or service, especially when you're starting out, you're like, who am I to ask people for $250 an hour, right? And so in the initial days, you just have to really start looking at how your client values this and go talk to them, listen to them, ask them why a lot. And that way you can start framing the cost of your service in the context of the problem that they need to have solved.
0: I think that's great. I love the idea. Um, Okay, so what was the third one now?
1: So let's move on to finding customers. Oh, Dustin, who I work with a lot of people (laughs) trying to launch their business, even extroverts. I know, do you find people pathologically resist what I call outreach. You know what, we just wanna buy our Facebook ads, we wanna buy our Google ads. By the way, when you're starting a business, do not do that, you're not ready for that. That is like, once your system is ready and done, then you can buy that stuff and make that investment and amplify it. But in the beginning, you, and this is a guy who's been working online for 20 years. Yeah, got to go listen to real humans. Like I always tell people, um, you should listen to a minimum of 20 people you think might have the problem that you want to solve or you think might be interested in your, your service or the business that you want to create because that doesn't that gets people out of their comfort zone because we, people are always like, oh, I talked to my brother. I talked to my sister-in-law. <laughs> You know, I talked to my friends and my friend introduced me to this person. You know, I saw them once at this barbecue. You know, like, great, gotta burn. The, once you get to 20, you start burning through all the familiar relationships. These people might not be your customers. Most likely they're not. And that starts getting you out of your comfort zone. I'm like, how am I gonna go find these people? And that's why I'm asking you to think about like, who do you already know? What's your profession? What's your industry? Like, and if, or maybe if you don't have a big enough network Is there a conference you can go to? Is there, are there Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups um, that you can start really building relationships with these people? I call them social watering holes. Like think of the animals, like, right? They go, they gotta go, they need water to survive. So I'm like, where the people that you wanna hang out with, like, where do they hang out? Where's the bar that everybody knows their name, right? Whatever that is. And start being part of that group, be part of that tribe, because then, This is what I call it the niche tribe model of how I advise building these businesses. When you do something, you have an area of expertise that you're good at, people wanna buy, you have strength and you're getting better at it. And you're doing it for people who know like, I like Steven, like he's one of us, he's in our tribe. I know he likes our industry. I know he believes in our values. All of a sudden you become their go-to person, their expert in that. So that's what happened to me in broadcasting. I became the go-to digital advertising expert in broadcasting. And that way they're like, who do you know? And they just go like, oh, talk to Stephen Worley. Oh, go, yeah, talk to Stephen Worley. So business came to me. I didn't have to go after and claw after it. I think that's the thing that people resist, Dustin. is just they feel like I gotta constantly go out and chase after clients. Now, initially you are going to have to find that, but my secret is go to conferences, Build relationships with influencers in the industries. Who are the the key decision makers at the companies? Um, uh, it, the the associations, the different conferences that are organized, the bloggers, the podcasters. Build relationships with them, and then they're going to bring you on stage, and then you're kind of using their brand so you can get that attention. And people are like, "Hey, who is this guy?" I'm like, "Oh, you don't know Steven? You don't know Dustin? Sure, you got to know these guys."
0: So allow oh, well, them when
1: you when you don't have a brand you got to fly under other people's brand. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And one quick tip that I learned, well, definitely conferences, getting the people, getting around the people where you're either going to be wanting to work with them or people that can help you as an influencer. If you're going to do this, you absolutely must. And it's always networking is fantastic, but be helpful. Try to help the other person as opposed to, because I've had so many people come to me, Hey, Dustin, oh, you have this great. How about, and they start just saying me, 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 or I, I, I." I'm i like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I don't care. Like I just dude, I'm cool. you like, are I'm going to go over people. here.
1: <laughs> like if I get one more LinkedIn invite and they immediately Seriously. want to sell me on something, I I, I actually decline them now. I'm like, yeah. no. I'm, I'm insulted. <laughs> I don't even respond. <laughs> like I'm insulted as a sales former sales trainer, but like you do not know how to build a business relationship. Yes. And it's I just say you got to give to receive. And I would even say like using these other terms like when people hear networking or make connections, We freeze up. We are like, oh, people are like, I don't like that. So I tell them back to like, I want to, I want to inspire people to like, use what you already have. Haven't you made friends in your life? Why did you make them? Where did you find them? And so I always tell people make friends, not connections like Dustin, when I was like doing research, on I'm like, I like this guy. Like, I don't reach out to just any podcasters. Mm-hmm. Only if I feel like there's alignment, we're on the same page, like podcasts that preach, like make as much money as possible in little time as possible. Not my people don't want to be on their podcast. Exactly. So that's where you really feel like, do I feel a vibe? Do I like these people? Like, actually, I always tell people, you gotta feel that value connection first. Remember I talked about that earlier, just like really mm-hmm. understanding your values. And then we can start talking about like shop here. We could start talking about the skill part of it. And a lot of times I've been hired because people liked me. Maybe, whoa, where I, I'm currently in a place where there's a crazy electrical thunderstorm going on right now. And I just jumped out <laughs> of my skin. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. And, and you are absolutely right though in everything that you're saying, because as you be able to provide more value to the person, and what I also, one one quick tip, and here's a book that I'll just throw out there because it, it's one of the best books that I've seen on how to do this, is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie.
1: Fantastic. It oh, is. Wow. It was written in the 1930s, I think, right? I, know. I mean, yes, it, it is. And don't horrible. be put off by the title. Really read the book. It's really about the, 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 I think the biggest lesson in there, because I do this when when I work in our, our we run a 30 day accelerator for people who are starting these types of solopreneur businesses and we get them to start reaching out to clients and I start, I, they, they send out emails and they're like I'm not hearing anybody back. I look at their emails. I'm like, who is this email? Is it all about you or all about them? And then they're like, oh yeah, it's all about me. <laughs> And I like, got to be all about them, like right in the subject Absolutely. line. What's a, que- what's a question like it's flying through their inbox. What's a question that might be on their mind that they're like, ooh, that's a good question. I want to look at this, right?
0: Everybody loves talking about themselves or thinking about themselves. They might not say it, but if you get in a conversation with somebody and you ask them questions about themselves, they are gladly tell you all about themselves. And so same thing. If you're doing any copy, which is the writing of the words, like in an email or anything like that, exact same thing. You need to put it to where the person reading it is going to read themselves into whatever you're writing because they're like, oh, man, this guy knows me. Let me go talk to this person as opposed to, oh, this guy's only talking about himself. Oh, I don't. I have too many. Everybody does that. I'm just going to delete
1: that email. I mean, and, it's, and I was like, I hope I've been doing this. But when Dustin came on my podcast, like it was a lesson. I hope I'm breaking things down like I, I I cannot stand of like, look how successful I am. Look at all the stuff that I've not You want to be like me and that. And let me tell you, when you're looking at some of that and, and it's kind of like we're like, ooh, that seems interesting. That's exciting. Look at all the wealth that they have. I want that your brain is just looking for that easy reward. Right then you need your conscious brain to say, hold on a second. Like, how am I really going to earn that? Right. You need to overpower yourself in, in that way. And so what I always tell people, especially like, you know, make friends, you know, find interests. But the next thing you want to do is educate. Don't sell. 100%. Don't sell like the, I just educate. This is all I do when I have clarity calls and everything. And then people are like, hey, how can I work with you? I'm like, oh, this is what we do and how we work with each other, because Maybe I'm not your guy, but maybe I am. And that's okay because I can only help so many people in the course of a year launch their business. So I'm looking for the people that I'm energized by and they're energized by me. I think that's the other thing as we look. You know, I always tell people our mass market is disintegrating into infinite niches. Your greatest value now is to just be yourself, even though there's lots of other people like me helping people start businesses it's my approach that is unique. Maybe the way I talk about things, the energy, the content. And they're like, I like the way he does it. And then there's other people like, I can't stand that guy. I don't care. And you shouldn't either. So do not sell to everybody. Really go find your people that light you up and you light them up.
0: I agree. And I gotta give you a quick story about this. So. I really am just a normal everyday guy. Like you're just your next door neighbor who figured out a way to do this, how to invest in real estate. Mm -hmm. I just want to help you out. So that's the, that's just who I am. That's just how I come across and I want to come across. And so I always thought, you know what? I'd love to share with people how to invest in real estate, but I thought there are so many quote unquote gurus on how to do real estate. You know, how am I going to, you know, help anybody? And then I realized that there are so many of those quote unquote gurus that are just, flamboyant or flashy or just like me, 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 look at my wealth, like you were saying. And I'll give you one. um, uh, I'll I'll go and say his name. So Grant Cardone is a a real estate investor. His personality is totally different than mine, like literally the opposite. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. It's just the way it is. And what was great was I try to play to my strength. It's just, hey, I'm a normal dude. I want to help you out. And so I get so many people that want coaching. They pay me to coach them how to invest in real estate and they're successful and they actually buy properties and they they're, become successful and employed. But I have had so many people say, I come to you and literally without provocation or me asking what their thoughts are, they would say, you're not like Grant Cardone. So if you're just a normal dude, And so I just want to work with you. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I wanted. Well, and don't you think it's like, myself. I
1: think the, the difference is like, I think there's this assumption on marketing. We always sell like the sexiness because we think that's what people want, right? Your your brain, even when you're late at night, you're looking at your Instagram feed or Facebook, you're like clicking all these ads or like telling you how to do all this stuff because they know like this is what your brain wants. So I'm going to sell it to you. And I think our approach is like, yeah, that's what your brain wants. You're never going to end up doing it. You're just going to be wasting your money. So let's like slow things down here and like let's give your brain a plan. Let's give it some certainty and let's give it some realism so you can actually do the thing that you really want to do. And on your terms, like maybe you just don't need that money. I personally don't need a private plane. I just don't care. It's <laughs> just not it. one of my things.
0: Well, I'll tell you really quick. Want that. So same here. I so I lived in California when I first started investing. And after about 10 years, I realized, you know what, I want to move out of California. I moved to where my in-laws are. Fast forward, I had a property in Arizona, and this is where we currently live. It is twelve hundred and fifty square feet. And there's four kids and my wife and myself in a 1204- I love it. Feet. And I'm like, we don't need any more. Like I mean, we could definitely go out and buy a house, which we absolutely could, but it's like, eh, we don't need any more. And I tell everybody on the podcast, I'm like, you guys know me. I'm extremely frugal. I go to, I go get orange chicken at Pan express. And I, I get like, Oh my goodness, that's a lot of money. And I live in a 1250 square foot house. I just want to help you. I'm just your next door neighbor. Literally your next door neighbor. Cause you're living. What do they call party. us
1: though? I, I feel like we're like, I love entrepreneurship and money, but I love it's like, I guess it's like I don't want to make money at all costs. You know what I've realized is it's your personal resources. You have attention, energy, time, which are very limited. Attention is the most limited. And actually it's money. It's stored energy to me. And we've overemphasized this particular, uh, this resource, when we really should be emphasizing the development of our attention and management of our energy and our time. Because that's what I want in life. I always tell people like you're, you're gonna kill yourself trying to make as much money in your 20s just so you can quote unquote live out your life. Number one, you're not guaranteed that you're gonna make it to your 30th birthday. Absolutely. And, and number two, I always tell people the night before your 30th birthday, that 20-something self of yours is going to die tomorrow. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like people forget, like you have these special stages of your life that are for that. And like, yeah, if you could set yourself up for success and make the most productive use of each of those stages of your life. Absolutely. God, I wish somebody could have pulled me aside in my early 20s and set me on this path sooner. But you know what I'm saying, Dustin? I, I think I do. this is like, I was on a mission to... Number one, I believe more people can work for themselves than they realize. It was they've been told that they couldn't, so that I want to correct that myth. But also, entrepreneurship is not just what Silicon Valley says it is. That is one version of infinite versions of what entrepreneurship is. You get to define what you want and how much money you want. And I think what I get most excited about is like our mantra is create work that works for you. Because when you think about it, most work that you're doing, the work that you're doing now is not working for you it's working for somebody else at the tippity top and that's what i want is how do i get it work for you and if you can work like 20 hours a week and you're making like sixty-seven thousand dollars a year and it's actually a little bit more money than you need like to me that's crazy successful then
0: 100 percent, absolutely and i know because i my expenses are so low if i needed to live in this house the rest of my life if i'm blessed to live in this house the rest of my life and never work a job ever again i will wholeheartedly Absolutely do that because I love not working for somebody else. All the value goes to me. All of my value goes to me because everybody listening to this, your boss is only paying you just enough to keep you working and not quit, but not so much that's taking money out of their pocket. And so you actually can make so much more money on your own. Okay, so one last, uh, we went to one, two, three. What's the fourth thing in that list?
1: It's the business setup. And let me tell you, people, it's not that complicated. I mean, we have an accelerator. We have a lawyer. We have an attorney. We have a, a website developer guy that we work with exclusively to like help you get things done. Uh, it, it, the only reason why your brain is just like, God, I've never worked with a lawyer this way, and I'm accounting. Uh, you know, that's the only that's what's going on in your brain. But so that's why you you do. I don't know how you feel about this. I do believe that even if there's all these online forms legally, that you do want to work with a lawyer. I think it is worth oh, spending at least a thousand dollars a year on a lawyer. Same with your accountant. Same with your website. So just start learning that these are the costs of doing the types of business that I'm advocating. It is very reasonable, $3,000 a year, save that up. You don't necessarily need that, but eventually you wanna have your team of advisors around you because they're gonna look at your business from a legal perspective, from an accounting perspective, from a tech perspective in a way that you aren't. Like, I just wanna create content all day and meet awesome people and talk to people and learn from people like Dustin. Really, that's what I wanna do. And I want (laughs) them to realize the rest of that. So deal with the rest of that stuff. My sister, completely all of our systems and that's what I want. And so that's, that's actually not that hard. And that's what we focus on. The thing that you are avoiding is dealing with yourself, getting to know yourself. And the more you can learn about yourself, the better decisions you're gonna make for your, for yourself, for your business. And you're gonna actually create work that you're like, gosh, this is so easy and I'm getting paid for this. Yeah, it's possible.
0: Absolutely. Steve. Okay, man, there's so much in there and I've gotten so much out of it, especially just even for my business. Now let's jump into the rapid fire round where I'm asking you some really easy questions. And if you want to take more time, go right ahead, but it's not like it's going to be really, really fast. But the very, very first question is outside of getting started. Cause usually everybody says just get started. That's the easiest oh, way so outside annoying. of getting started. Yeah no, yeah, no. What is one bit of advice that you would give somebody? Cause you get so much other great stuff, but is there anything oh. on the tip of your brain one bit of advice that you would say somebody other than getting started, how to become a freelancer, how to become somebody that is not working for yeah. somebody else.
1: You, you, you must. I insist. You need to go start talking and listening to people. It's unavoidable. You got to rip this band aid off. You. This is the ultimate hack in business because when you talk to other people and you listen to them, you learn about yourself. You start validating your idea you might be getting potential customers. It is one of the single most powerful actions you can do. And humans evolve to work together. Just because you might be working for yourself does not mean you should be going it alone. And the more, like just do that. Have like, remember Jerry Seinfeld, the break the chain, like he would have on his calendar, like he would have to write a new joke every day. Oh, yeah. you put an yeah. X. If you are not meeting one new person every single day, or finding for you, you know i know there's introverts extroverts or like whatever your minimum is like yeah it's i could do three a week if you're not doing that consistently you're not going to grow you're just not i, I mean it. Dustin, challenge me here i mean is like didn't well, you no, have to I, go talk and listen to people to get your business off the ground absolutely and the only reason why i, knew I don't why know I how you can
0: business, do it i wholeheartedly agree and the only reason why i knew well real estate you i know there's a market because people Everybody needs a place to live. So that's one. But think about master passive income. I was wondering what in the world would somebody want to learn from me about? And I realized everybody kept asking me, how are you quitting your job? And then how are you doing with real estate? And they said, can you teach me? And I'm like, okay. And so I would teach people one by one. And then little by little, I realized, oh my goodness, people actually want to learn this from me. And so just by talking to people, they got to me. And here's another thing with the successfully unemployed podcast. I realized that the market was there when I was walking down a conference and I wholeheartedly echo your idea of go to conferences. Conferences are fantastic to help you in your business, but I wore a shirt that says successfully unemployed and walking down the hallways. I literally could not go five feet without somebody saying, I love your shirt. Or can I take a picture of your shirt? Or can I take a selfie with you and the shirt? And I realized it's not me. They have no clue who I am, but they identified the brand or the idea Of themselves being successful and unemployed. And so just by talking to people, I was like, I have something here. People might wanna learn this. And so that's why I created Successful. So you're 100% like you.
1: It's like you and I think what it is, we feel like we're going to be judged because the whole way we've been taught to earn a living is apply oh, yeah. for a job and we're going to get chosen and we have all that stress around it. And that's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be like that. You just go find people where you feel like you have a connection. Like there's no threat there. You're just having a conversation that's all that's happening. Right. I think the other thing is like our brain wants that immediate gratification as we were alluding to before is you're building this relation. Do not ask for something in the first Meeting or call. Unless you feel like there's a vibe and it's going that way. Okay. But don't do that out of the get-go because that is what's going to make outreach seem unenjoyable, a drudgery, an obligation. It can be fun and on your terms. And that's something as a former sales trainer. I don't tell anybody that there's a certain way you have to do it. You have to experiment with ways and find out what's the way that worked for you. But once you do, you got to do th- Do that. You got to do it over and over. That's great. Okay. And by the way. Next question. Oh. that's my t-shirt this is you people so
0: everybody you can definitely check out the youtube channel so he is actually wearing a shirt that and, and express it so it's basically a box and you getting out so tell us about it Stephen.
1: yeah that like that's you every i always tell people when people ask me what's that and i'm like that's you that's the box that society said you had to be in in order to have a good safe secure life and that your legs are you're on that path but i'm asking you to break out of that box to form your own path and I know it's scary, but there are infinite ways to do that. And I think that's what really blows our human minds away that, that there's so many choices that they're like the way we think we work. I always tell people it wasn't always this way and it was, it's not always going to be this way.
0: Absolutely. I completely agree. Okay. Next question. If you were to go back and give your younger self any advice, it could be life, could be business, whatever. What would it be?
1: I definitely would have told him don't get an mba go find (laughs) some a business owner that you are successful or it's an interesting you like them and ask them if you could work with them as an apprentice and and, you know really lowball yourself but the idea in terms of business like think about it is have somebody pay you to get to educate yourself right think about when you think of an mba you're paying somebody else to give you all this theoretical knowledge that you're never really, this is the most effective way to learn anything is you've got to do it for yourself. You cannot just sit here and listen to Dustin now. You can't just read books and listen to podcasts. At some point, you're gonna have to try something. You gotta see how it feels. Like Dustin say, oh, you should be doing this. Steven's over here saying you should do that. But doesn't matter until you give it a try and you be like, I know what those two are talking about. This sucks. (laughs) You gotta find out for yourself. You gotta feel it. I love it. Okay, so what is one tool, one
0: app, or it could be a pencil, a piece of paper and a pencil. What is something that you use on a day-to-day basis that we should look into using?
1: Hmm, Gosh, there's so many different ways I can go with this. I know I want to say tools, but I'm not going to go there. I'm going to say you need to stop more. Like the second you start feeling like you're getting revved up, we all know this feeling. If you're not familiar with this feeling, start paying attention. You're starting to feel a little bit more anxious, a little bit more tired, and like just one more thing, I can do it. Stop. Like I actually parent myself now. I'm like, you need a nap, and I send myself <laughs> to the room, my room, I tell myself I lay a down, time. <laughs> and I give. My, I do like maybe like a 10 minute meditation, and sometimes that 10 minute meditation might fall into an hour long nap. But you know what? My body needs it because I'm not a robot. I'm not supposed to just mechanically be working on knowledge work eight hours a day. We are not designed for that. And you know what happens when I bounce out of that? I don't know about you, Justin. I'm like, I feel so fresh. Like it's like I just woke up again.
0: 100%.
1: And it makes me more productive. So, that's the thing in our life, in our American life. We think doing more constantly, everything. got I'm going to be productive. I'm going to use every little minute. You're not being productive. Your brain needs a break. This is why we sleep. So your brain has a chance to process all the stimuli that's digested all day long. Stop resisting it. Work with it.
0: I love it. I take naps every day, like literally every day. And it's so phenomenal to be able to do that because being successfully unemployed, you have the option. In fact, when I don't take a nap, I'm like... I used to dream about taking naps when I was working a job, a dead-end job. I better take a nap. So last question is, what is one nonfiction book that you would recommend that we should all read?
1: Oh my gosh, so many. I'm going to do our shared book. I'm going to do Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It was the first book that I read. Love it. After being laid off, and it was presented in such a way that it was, wow, wow, I have been taught about money so incorrectly. And how to they lied it, to us, Stephen. They make did. It. They did. And it's not a mass conspiracy, but I think our whole system is set up in such a way, and we have throughout human history, is to keep the powerful, powerful. Absolutely. They don't want to share all of their secrets. Yep. They want to keep us all just mindless enough to keep buying stuff we don't need and just doubtful enough to not question their authority, but I don't know. I think we're starting to live through a time where the gig is up. I hope. I so. hope so.
0: I hope so. I hope the gig because is why enough.
1: can't we all have enough? You know what I mean? Like, and okay. And the,
0: so track with me here. Oh, sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. No.
1: Yeah. So um.
0: there was one thing that I'm realizing: um, if we have a course and we're teaching on, like I teach real estate online, you teach how to do business, mm-hmm. the money that we get from our customers, the people that want to learn this stuff they're paying us money, which is great, but it's yeah. not new money. That money has always been there. It's just been given to universities or colleges. Or if you have a YouTube channel and you're making money, like I know there are plenty of people that make a lot of money on YouTube, like, you know, $100,000 a month or a million dollars a year or whatever it might be, that money's always been there. It's just been given to the big corporations, the big companies, the big you know producers of the content, like the big TV channels. It's just being now changed to other people's hands, which is I love it. It's actually, instead of being conglomerate or like being locked up to the big elites, it's now being trickled down to the people, which is fantastic.
1: As a quick aside though, this is another thing. In the long term, I'm going to tell people this. I highly advise building your core business on a third party platform like YouTube, Facebook, Medium, the Amazon, because they can change their terms of your relationship with you at any time Ask some YouTubers about it, how much they've lost half their money because oh my goodness. Google yes. just decided to change their terms or Amazon does. They're, it's like a shadow employer, and they're never going to talk about it with you. You're supposedly partners. I love how they call us partners, but you're not. <laughs> no, we're not. You can use these third-party platforms as promotional vehicles to drive back to a website that you own 100% in your email list. I want you to remember that because I'm an advocate of long-term financial independence. You gotta own your own stuff. Otherwise, you're still dependent on the corporate gods.
0: You are. Man, Stephen, you and I think so much alike. It's awesome.
1: So I'm really, really excited I really enjoyed talking to you today. I mean, it is. It just I feel so lit up meeting like-minded people like you.
0: I agree, Steve. Well, man, you've given us so much great insight. I know there are going to be people that are going to absolutely want to reach out to you see how they can start businesses. How can they find you and how can they can reach out to you?
1: You're not going to find me on Facebook or Instagram, <laughs> but I am on Twitter at Steven Worley, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-W-A-R-L-E-Y. But if you are seriously like, you know what? I really do want to finally figure this out. Like the people on average that by the time they come to us, they've been thinking about working for themselves for two plus years. And I'm saying, like, in 30 days for 1500 bucks, we could get you really accelerated on this path. So the next year, the next two years are far more productive than your previous two years. So you can learn the very first five steps to take at life skills that slash get started. Life and check out our podcast start. at life skills that matter too. Do that too. Yes. Give us that URL one more time life skills that matter.com slash get started.
0: Get started. All one word get started. Great.
1: Get started. I-
0: for everybody check out his podcast as well i was just on there too and so it's just been great talking to fellow entrepreneurs people with like-minded and just realizing that there's a new way there's another way to provide for yourself, provide for your family, then working that dead end, just over broke jobs. So Stephen, thank
1: you so much for being on the show. I really so appreciate it. Thank you so much, Justin.
0: Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded, teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R E N T A L. 233777 so you can see how you can quit your job that job by investing in real estate i'll show you how to find properties how to use other people's money to buy properties and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like i did now did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the successfully unemployed show well I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually, and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash. YouTube, Or if you just go to YouTube and type in Successfully Unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So SuccessfullyUnemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. let's make this year your best real estate investing year ever by coming to the real estate wealth builders conference and the real estate wealth builders conference is where you can join hundreds of real estate investors and over 40 expert investor speakers and learn how to have an amazing success in your real estate investing business the real estate wealth builders conference is not like any other conference out there this is a no sales pitch conference where the entire three days event is all about you and helping you to meet expert investors teaching you how to invest and join a huge community of hundreds of like-minded real estate investors, and because you are a part of the Successfully Unemployed podcast, I'm giving you 20% off your RUBCON pass. That's right. Get 20% off of your RUBCON pass. Use the promo code SU20 or SU20. You need to be at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. Join us in the heart of downtown St. Louis, March 14th through the 16th, for a transformative three-day event that's more than just a conference. It's a community of investors. Get your pass. Go to RUBCON.com. R-E-W-B-C and use the promo code SU20 or SU20 to get 20% off of your Rubecon Pass.